everyone, and welcome to another non-alcoholic episode of the Malt House Games podcast. This is episode number 85. My name is Delton. I'll be your host on this early Sunday morning. And with me, as usual, is my lovely wife and yellow player, Haley. Good morning, good morning. It is Sunday morning. We're recording this right before I have to edit and release it. (laughs) Which is kind of my fault. So I got the second COVID vaccine on Friday. And yesterday, my friend and I, we went together to go get it. Both of us were running a 101 degree fever. And I think I slept 18 hours yesterday. Something like that. You've slept a lot. I slept a lot. And I'm probably going to go back to sleep right after this. So you all are getting me at a rare moment this Sunday that I am actually awake. And so today we've decided since one, it's Sunday morning, two, I'm on Tylenol, and three, we haven't done one in a little bit, we're going to have a non-alcoholic episode. And Delty Poo, what are we starting off with this morning? While he's pouring that, by the way, still get the COVID vaccine, highly recommend it. You know, being a little under the weather for a couple of days is 100% worth it for immunity and not being able to get the virus, so... 100% recommend still. Yeah, hopefully you'll be feeling better by tonight and not have to worry about taking anything to cut a fever. Well, what do we have there, Delty? All right, so the first drink today, these are some drinks from our Asian supermarket, Super Count and Wind, down in Oklahoma City. Uh, We like to go through and try different sodas and stuff from there because you don't get it anywhere else in Oklahoma City that we can find. So this is from a company called Hawaiian Sun. Uh, It says Taste of Hawaii. I want to see if this is actually just produced in Hawaii. Yeah, Honolulu. This is Strawberry Lily Koi. It says it's a juice drink, strawberry juice blended with passion fruit juice from concentrate with other natural flavors. 11 and a half ounce can. Shake well. Oh, (laughs) she says shake well, non-carbonated. Whoop. I didn't shake it at all. Cannot follow directions. Put that on your kindergarten report card. Yours was poured. I mean, given, I guess I just put it in the fridge and out. So it kind of shook up some. So it's a very pink color. Kind of like a, a peachy. I can see that there's stuff in it. Yes, you can tell that like it looks layered in the glass. It's lighter on top, darker on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And it looks almost sparkly. There's a very strong grapefruit smell to me. Mm, yes. But it has like the sour of strawberry. Like a, yeah. like a fresh strawberry. So it says, what is it? Strawberry and passion fruit? It's from Hawaii, like my mom. Mm. Oh, that's really good. Wow. It's not carbonated like it says, which I thought it was. It's sweet, but it's not overly sweet. Now, every time we get a soda from Super Win, I'm always impressed. Because, like, yeah. whenever I get a craving for something like Dr. Pepper or Coke and I actually get one, like, I have this idea of what it's going to taste like, and I'm always disappointed. I hope it's because I don't drink soda pop, but maybe, like, once a month, if that. Yeah. But I'll get a craving for one, and I'll pop one open. And I'll drink it, and I'm like, oh, this isn't very good. You'll drink like half a can and then call it. Yeah, because it it tastes fake. It tastes overly sweet. But every time we get something from Super Cow and Win, I'm just super impressed. Because this tastes like a fruit drink. It doesn't taste like sugar with some strawberry flavor or some cherry flavor. It tastes like a fruit drink. Now, don't get me wrong. This has plenty of sugar in it. It does. Like, how, (laughs) how much sugar is in a can of Coke? I think 48 grams. This is only 39. Hey. It says 35 is added sugars. The other is, is actual natural fruit sugar. Well, it actually says like 8% juice on there, I think. 6%. 6%. Yep. It says calories 160 for a can. Not bad. Compared to 210 for a Coke? I think so. 
something like that. But this is really good. It really Very is smooth. good. This is a breakfast soda. Okay, I don't know about that. <laughs> it is a breakfast soda. Like, not every morning, but like you're having an early morning with your pals, like a brunch mm. post-COVID, and pop out some of these bad boys. Everyone's happy. It's honestly, this would make great mixed drinks for the summer. Mm-hmm. It really would. Like, if you could make this and put it in a uh, margarita machine and get it frozen, mm. you could have a really good, like, kind of fruity frozen drink that's not too sweet. This tastes like it actually has vitamin C in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really good. I like that a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. We'll have to keep that in mind and see if we can order some online for just keeping as mixers. Get a couple we like. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's really good. So that's Hawaiian Sun, and this is their <laughs> Strawberry Lily Koi juice drink. Delicious. Yeah, I really like that. Aside from that, what else has been going on the past two weeks? So been super busy. I was interviewed by a podcast out of L.A. about my Falls Creek experience, so to be continued there. Great. I get interviewed tomorrow by the Recovering from Religion Foundation about the psychology of suffering, which will be fun. That sounds pleasant. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be a lot more fun when it sounds. It's going to end with some hope. Oh, I'm sure. And then... So I've just been preparing just been preparing for that. We've also been switching over websites at work, which has been super fun to do all the tech support every four and a half minutes. But I'm grateful I get to do it. Yeah. Our website's going great. And I'm really been enjoying it. So I've been busy just with tech support and creating trainings and interviews and all that fun stuff. What have you been up to, Delty Poo? I've been up to essentially nothing. Uh as I talked about last episode, I had my vasectomy scheduled. And I, I guess it was the Wednesday after last episode, so a couple of days after I had my vasectomy. Uh, I feel like people don't talk about these things often. The people I know that had a vasectomy, it's just like in passing. If it comes up, they're like, yeah, I had one. And that's pretty much it. But I'm going to say this. If you're thinking about getting one and you're concerned about like, you know, the, the procedure itself or anything like that, I'm going to say from firsthand experience, uh, worth it. The procedure itself, 10 minutes from the time they prepped and you're ready to go from they st- when they start numbing to the end of procedure was like 10 minutes. Honestly, I would rather do that than go to the dentist. Like my dental experiences have always been miserable for me because <laughs> holding your mouth open for a long time sucks. And my, having 14 cavities is nothing to sneeze at. My jaw is still so tight. Like the other night eating broccoli, opened my mouth to eat a piece of broccoli and my jaw started hurting because it's still so just tight and like locked up from that. But yeah, procedure itself was nothing. Uh, Basically, on my butt, feet up in the air, ice pack 30, off for 30, on for 30, off for 30. I was on time with pain pills to make sure I managed it, which I don't think I really needed, but I did it anyway. And then ibuprofen and very tight underwear, preferably a jock strap. Uh, (laughs) Worth it. If it's something you're considering and you're kind of iffy on it and stuff like that, I'll say from my experience... I think it's it's not as bad as some people say. Don't read everything online. Don't take it to heart. <laughs> Your anxiety will skyrocket. <laughs> yes, it will. But uh, that's what the Valium before the, cer- the procedure was for. Did we talk about the marketing that the urologist used last week? They had paternity court yes. on the TV the entire time in the waiting room. Yeah, you go in for the consultation of playing paternity court. I'm like, that's some grade A marketing right there. Mm-hmm. High five. It was pretty funny, but it was like, man. But yeah, so I've been recovering pretty well. Uh, I can take Margie on short walks. If I'm up for a long time, I start to get a little sore. So I'm still in that recovery stage. It takes a while. It really does. But uh, 
Oh, that's been going good. That's basically all I've done. I watched a lot of shows. I finished The Mandalorian, season two, which if you, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, as a lot of people know. Like, I enjoy it. I've seen all the movies, but I wouldn't consider myself, like, a real Star Wars nerd or fanboy. I don't know half the characters everybody seems to know. But I think now, objectively, for me, that, I guess it would be subjectively, Mandalorian is, I think, my favorite watchable content for Star Wars. I know everybody always, you know, touts the old trilogy. Uh, Mandalorian, for me, beats that out by a ton. And it's just the way that they did it. I liked it a lot. I did that. Watched a lot of anime. And, uh, yeah, here we are. Went back to work this last week. Was able to function. Ibuprofen for the win. And, uh, yeah. It's been a good couple weeks. It's been a good couple weeks. And now we're back to the point I can sit up at a kitchen table comfortably so it means we can game again. Yeah, speaking of which, let's talk about our game, Dela Episode. Oh, here's the door. It's straight ahead. It's it's a game. No joke, this uh, juice drink. Me and Haley just said it as we're like transitioning here. And I'm just going to say it out loud because it's real. We both just said this is really good. It might not have vitamin C, but it definitely has 30 milligrams of potassium, y'all. That's what we need. Potassium's good for the soul, I, I think. But yes. Okay, the game for today's episode. The last time we talked about this game, I think, at least in any detail at all, was like episode three, when we talked about the games we took on the train to Austin. Mm-hmm. Today's game is number nine. We mention it, I feel like, all the time, but there's a reason for that, because we find it to be very, very good. Uh, this English version of the game is produced by Z-Man Games. Original was Abacus Spiele. Uh, game design is Peter, looks like Vickmann. These are all a bunch of German, I guess the designer's German. Graphic design is Fiore GmbH. I believe that that is a graphic design studio. Producer is uh, Jean-Francois Gagne. That's how I'm going to pronounce it. It's French. French language is so difficult. Even from going to Montreal and having tiny pointers from waitresses and waiters, it's very tough. I never know what to not pronounce. That lady was like, pronounce the first like three or four letters and the rest of it just kind of go with it. And I was like, okay. That's why I like German because you literally pronounce every single letter. <laughs> it's knee, true. It looks like knee in English, but it's pronounced Kania. You literally pronounce K N and both E's. And it's both per- E's are different because the last one and it's like, woo. It's perfect. There's just no exceptions in German. Uh, the editing is Alexander Ort- Ortloff and the publisher is Stephen Kimball. So number nine is a very simple game. There's a deck of cards that have numbers zero through nine, hence the title of the game. Zero through nine, there are two of each number. You can play one to four players in the base game. If you have two copies of the game, you can play up to eight at the same time. So the game plays simultaneously. You go grab that deck of cards. You reveal the top card of the deck. It's a number. Everyone takes one of the tiles of that number. So like I said, there's zero through nine. Everybody will take one of those numbers. So let's say if you draw a three, you grab the yellow three. They're all made kind of interesting shapes, even though it is that number. Like the nine, the way, you know how a nine is made where the the round part of it is off to the left, but on the shape, it actually, it protrudes on the right on the shape the nine is written on. So it kind of throws you off in terms of planning, but that's just part of this game. And I'll explain more of that in a minute. You take one of those tiles and you put it in front of you. Then you flip the next card and you take, let's say it's a five this time. You take that five and you put it somewhere touching the three. Has to be touching, not just corner to corner. 
and everybody gets the same number each time. So if we flip yes. over a one, everybody gets a one. Yeah, everybody at the table is going to grab a one tile. There's, it's simultaneous there's enough. play. Yes. <laughs> and you're going to build a base layer, which is going to be worth zero points. Everything on that base layer is zero points. Then whenever you feel comfortable and you have a solid enough base layer with like not really any gaps or anything, and you draw another, let's say you draw an eight, you can now put that on top of the tiles you already have on the table. That eight, or any other number, is going to be worth exactly its face value at the end of the game. If you are good enough to where your base layer is build, built up, then you have another layer that you kind of build up enough to put on top of that. That next layer is going to be worth two times the face value, and then three times on top of that, four on top of that, and so on. I don't think we've ever gotten to four. I don't think anyone's gotten to four times. I know we've gotten to three times for like a single number. Yes. You know, but that's the basically the entire way the game is going to work. It's, you know, numbers can't hang off. They have to have something underneath them. Uh, one number can't be placed entirely on top of another. So you can't take an eight and put it directly on top of another eight. It has to overlap at least two different numbers. So there's a few small rules like that, but that's it. That's the whole game. You're going to flip a card. Everyone's going to take a number tile based on that card, put it on their little uh, tableau, and then move on from there. And you just do number after number after number. And then once the deck is out and everyone has placed two of every number, then the game is over and you go through and deconstruct your little tower type thing and add up all the points. And the person with the most points wins. It's really easy to teach as well. Like this is yeah. one that passes the drunk mother test. Definitely. Oh, for sure. The only thing that's hard on this one to make sure people get is every number you place must touch another number on that level. Yes. So a lot of times what happens, and this is just one you have to catch, whenever you start placing on the second level, someone will have a spot put like an eight. They'll have another good spot for another letter or uh, number, and they'll put it there, but it's not touching that eight. Like yes. it has to be touching. So that's something you have to watch out for when teaching and just, you know, how, however much of a stickler you want to be. Yes. And we also got this really cool expansion where everybody has a different starting piece. So it's like a random uh, cutout, a random cardboard mm -hmm. cutout. And that keeps everyone from making the same moves. Because without yeah. those pieces, sometimes it's easy for everybody to start off with like the same three or four moves starting off. But with that, it keeps that from happening. Like you literally cannot make the same moves as everyone else. For the most part, yeah. And what it, what it does even more so than that is it provides everybody a different starting base is yes. how I like to look at it. Because sometimes when you get like one of the weird starting tiles fits perfectly in the three and gives you a great starting base immediately with one number. Mm -hmm. So I really like that. We got I got both of the little expansions from the BoardGameGeek.com store. So the BGG store has little expansions for all kinds of games and promos. One of them is different start tiles for the different players. And another one are these two little, like, three blank L-shape things. The little fillers. Little filler pieces. And the rule on that is after you place a number, you may place one of those before the next card is flipped. So basically, once you place something, you can put it there and help you expand a base, fill in a gap, things like that. And it just makes the game a little less aggravating at times. <laughs> yeah. If you're just like, dang it, if I had something right here, I'd be okay. Now you have something you can potentially fit right there and be okay. And, uh, this game is really fun. It's really easy. And it's really challenging, too. It's definitely one that you can play you know, with up to four people. But also, you can play it by yourself. Challenge, challenge mode on yourself. Oh, you really can. And you can see how high you get your score. 
I don't think there's any like, here we go. Number nine can be played by a single player. Rules are unchanged. Your goal is to score as many points as possible. How high can you score? How high can you build? So it's just the same thing. It's seeing basically give yourself a top score. Try to beat it. It's a single sheet of paper for the rules, front and back. A single sheet of A4. I believe this is A4, which is like smaller than an actual uh, 8.5 by 11. You know, I, I can't think of the exact size of this thing. It's like a 6 by, I don't know, 6 by 10 something. But this is the this is the one that's... I would have never noticed that. I believe it's an A4. It's, it's like a, a size used in Europe and like England a lot. Interesting. It's a little bit smaller piece of paper. I could be wrong. This could be just completely off. But anyway, it's a small sheet of paper. It's just an, I don't know. It's an easy game. It's a fun game. I always have fun with it. You don't have to think too hard about your plays. Uh, and one of my favorite things about it is this one is one that's really easy to play, like uh, through Skype or video chat with friends. Hey, what can I get you? I'd like a topic. Any special way? Make it a top shelf topic. Coming up. Enjoy. And so the topic of today's episode are games that you can play over Skype and over the internets. Yes, it is playing games online because, oh, this is carbonated, uh, because that is something that a lot of people, including us, have been doing. Not as much as I would like, I find, but part of that is I'm tired a lot <laughs> lately. And also our friends live two hours behind us or one hour in front of us, so that makes it difficult Yeah, sometimes. everybody we play with online, it's like, hey, we're starting at 8 o'clock. I'm like, what time is that here? I'm like, okay. That's either 10 o'clock or 7 o'clock, depending <laughs> on who we're talking to. Ooh, look at that. All right. So I just poured the second drink. There's like actual fruit pieces in it. So I will read the ingredients here in a second. So this is from Suntory. Suntory in Japan makes uh, Toki, which is a whiskey I use for highballs, the Toki highball. They make a lot of stuff. So this is Suntory Gokuri, which is their grape soda. And tell them what it means. I looked up what Gokuri, which is uh, G-O-K-U-R-I, means, and it said it means Gollum on Google Translate. I'm betting there's some context there that doesn't come across through Google Translate. <laughs> um, but it's an interesting looking metal can with a cracked top. It's carbonated. Let me see here. High fructose corn syrup, sugar, grape, grapefruit, citric acid, artificial flavor, calcium lactate, and pectin, which we learned was like a salt. But guys, there's like actual fruit pieces floating around in this soda pop uh it's 180 calories for the full bottle and it's a 14 ounce bottle i'm excited to try this the sugar is actually less than the last one. it's only 18 grams of added sugar wow it looks like you're looking through a thing of jelly or jam or preserves so something that i read online was that um that salt thing is like a stabilizer really so that's part of it it's like something that's also in um Oh, I can think of what I just said. Calcium something is also in calcium like lactate. Uh, yes, is in some rising agents. Oh, really? Yeah. So, all right. Yeah, it looks like grape juice, but you can see little bits of like probably grape meat or something in it. I don't know. It smells like grape. It smells like candy grape. Candy grape. There's pulp in it, like a grape pulp, like the body of grapes. It, it tastes like a, a grape candy. That's what it tastes like. Or purple. You know how you drink something and like, oh, it tastes like purple. <laughs> it tastes like purple. So here's the thing. It's not too sweet. I expected very sweet. It doesn't have the sweetness of like a grape soda that we're used to as kids. It's, it's like a grape popsicle, like the ones you have in the summertime. Kind of, yeah. And those little squeezy tubes. Mm -hmm. 
That's what it tastes like. Tastes like purple. I don't mind little bits of uh, little bits of grape pulp in it at all. Mm, I like that. It's it's a, a very tame. It's not too sweet. Yeah. It's not too too grapey. You can tell there's real grape somewhere in here. Yes. The texture is phenomenal, though. It's very very good, actually. That's what I've I've kind of noticed a lot about uh, drinks that we've got from Super Cow and Win, like your uh, aloe vera drink. Yeah. Like there's there the drinks often have a, a texture to them. And I feel like that's something that's missing a lot in Western drinks. You no, know, we have carbonated or non, mm-hmm. and that's it. But with drinks from either Japan or China or Malaysia, like a lot of those drinks have something that adds to the texture, which is great too. I feel like that's something we're definitely missing out on over here. Something I noticed on one of the drinks I didn't get because it had milk powder in it. Um, they also, one of the drinks had... I pronounce it agar agar, but I've heard it pronounced agar agar. But that's <laughs> I know. I don't know why that's funny. I know it's it's it sounds goofy, but that's the uh, plant based like root that is an additive to use in place of Jello. It provides a oh. it provides a a thickening consistency. But if you make Jello with it, it's more of a brittle Jello that like will actually break apart. Um, but that's something I saw in some of the drinks to add more of a texture inside. So I thought that was interesting. As we have carbonated, non-carbonated, creamy, non-creamy. That's basically it. That's it. But this is really good. This is really good. All right. So moving past that, yes, we wanted to talk about playing games online because, like we said, we have been playing games online. One of the things that we've noticed is you have to look for games, depending on your platform, I guess. We should probably talk about some of the platforms first. One of the things that you're able to do are play full-size board games, complicated stuff, through online systems that allow you to play with other people. One of the big popular ones uh, that you can download and purchase and download through Steam is Tabletop Simulator. Does not run the best on all systems. It's very resource-heavy. It will make your tiny laptop just spin and run loud and warm. But it's a very cool system where anything can be done. I've been able to play prototypes of people's games on there. You can build your own prototype in it. You can run D&D sessions and have an actual map that you've put together with pieces that they include in the game. You can do all kinds of stuff, and it's a really, really cool system. They also have Tabletopia, which is a website that has different board games. Now, I think a lot of them are free, but I think there is like a paid monthly service that unlocks all the rest. Uh, I'm not too sure. I've only played on there once or twice, and it was one of the things I think where somebody had a subscription so we didn't have to or something. I'm not 100% on that. There's also Board Game Arena, which is another website, kind of like Tabletopia, that just allows you to play games. Uh, and I don't know what's free and what's not on there. I guess I should have looked into that stuff, but I'm just so used to using Tabletop Simulator or like the official version of the games because uh, there is a Humble Bundle out right now for $10 that gives you the Steam code for a bunch of different board games. I'm thinking about grabbing that because I have a lot of friends that are getting them because you can get some of those games that are normally, you know, $10, $15 a piece and you're getting a ton for 10 bucks because they're in a humble bundle. It's worth it. Then the last way, which is probably the main way we've truly played games with people this year, I feel like has just been through like Zoom or Discord video chat or Skype or something like that. Yeah, and we've done that with both analog games and online games. There's a, a few uh, online games we talked about playing uh, Secret Hitler online. Yep. Uh, 
There's a website called horsepaste.com in which you can play code names. And it's really crazy because you can play code names in multiple different languages. You can play code names with somebody, just the one-on-one version, the team version. There's code names after dark on there, and it's all free. You just create a room, send the link, and everyone can play code names together, which is wild. That was really nice because you didn't have to have someone managing cards on a table. Yes. You just were able to click, and if it was correct, it would do it. And you just click if it's the red team's turn, blue team's turn was a really neat application for it. And I think that's going to be like a favorite. And like if you're missing your younger nieces and nephews or younger cousins, there's play4.com, which is Connect4 online. Yeah. And there's also a Battleship module. If you just search online Battleship, um, it will generate Battleship. It looks like a website from 1997. But you can send over a code to them. You can play Battleship simultaneously as well. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. They would play with the younger kids that way. Yeah, it's really fun to stay connected with people. I like I've, I've, I've played that with some of my younger kids before in my sessions and it's really easy to do but yeah those are four online modules that we've been playing a lot and the biggest one i think my favorite one which is where number nine comes in has been just playing through video chat i feel like that's been the most fun i've had this quarantine time with people and it's not always been uh tabletop games through video chat but just having a video chat up while we're all doing something. Mm -hmm. So in terms of playing with Jennifer and Nick, we've played number nine, we've played Decrypto, we've played Codenames with them, we played Secret Hitler with them. They're also the ones that introduced the Codenames and Secret Hitler online versions to us. So thank you guys. 100%. But we've been able to play with them on that, and that's been a really fun time. And then there's been times when I've played with Alan and a big group of people through Zoom, and we'll be on Zoom chatting and playing something like... Uh, Jackbox TV or whatever, you know, that kind of stuff. And that's not necessarily tabletop games, but it's still very fun and it's an easier way to do it. Um, I know that Ben, friend of the show, Ben Canellis, uh, he has been playing a lot of mega games online and he absolutely loves mega games and he keeps trying to get me to join in and I want to do it. It's such a time sink, but one of these days I'm going to find the perfect time to hop in and be like, I'm so confused, help, because I feel like I would be. However, um, they always sound awesome. He was just telling me recently about one that's you basically are communicating through email for like a ton of it and has some hidden roles and stuff. Sounded really, really cool. It also sounded like he was in a very tough spot with his uh, secret role. But those mega games, uh, they run through Discord servers a lot of times. And um, basically you sign up, you buy your ticket for a couple bucks, they organize it. And then over the course of a weekend, or in this case, the one he's playing now is like an eight week thing. Oh, wow where they're sending these, you're basically sending emails and doing stuff like that. And uh, you can find those online. A lot of people are doing that as well. There's all kinds of online meetups for games all over the world right now. So you could find a way to play something with someone somewhere. And I really like this online game playing, especially the ones that are taking place through Discord or, or online modules and whatnot, because I feel like it is opening up the ability for people to play games without having to drop money. It really is. Or even if you do play a mega game, it's $2, we're out. Yeah. You know, used to, I feel like, you'd have to go to, like, a convention to play a lot of mega games. But this year has really made it where a lot of these games are online. Maybe they were before. Yeah. Maybe they were available online. But I feel like now that, you know, we haven't had conventions to play these, it's given an opportunity for people to be able to play more online. I think that's 100% true. It's something that, I mean, because when you hear the term tabletop game or board game, card game, what do you think? sitting around a table with friends, analog, playing an analog physical game. But the fact that the entire, I'm talking the entire board game and tabletop community has 
shifted and embraced all this online technology and has been using it to get more people to play games and get more people to be able to connect with their friends at a distance, it's been awesome to see. Because before, it was like, hey, we could play some games online since we can't see each other. And it's like pretty cool. It's neat. But during this whole pandemic, it's been so embraced that like, I have a feeling this is going to change a lot of the board game community's approaches to gaming now going forward. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of us don't see each other between conventions. Mm -hmm. I mean, when's the last time we saw Ben or Alan or Sean or Isaac, Elijah, I've literally never met Jen and Nick in real life. (laughs) You've never met Jen and Nick. Uh, I guess you've met Andrew, haven't you? Yeah, Andrew met us one time, and I didn't remember that before I saw him again at the next Gen Con. You know, but all these people that we meet and we talk to online, we don't get to see in person. So it's really nice to have a video chat here and there or play some games online. And I just love that the, you know, tabletop world has embraced it. And now you can find all kinds of places and spaces to play games. And if you're not a fan of the group of people doing it, I guarantee you there's 16, 17 other groups that one of them you will find that you fit and jive really well with. And it's so easy being online. It takes away some of the social pressure of, I just don't feel comfortable here. I'm going to go over to this table. I feel like being online takes that pressure out to where you're just like, all right, disconnect. And then you go somewhere else. And there's not really a consequence to doing that if you're in a space that you're not comfortable with. Right. So I also really enjoy that about the online uh, arena, I guess. It's also led us to make so many friends like Robin we've played with, with Alan's group. Mm-hmm. I really, really enjoyed playing with her. And it's, like I said, reconnecting with Alan and making so many friends. I know. We get to reconnect with all kinds of people. So it's been good. But speaking of all of our online playing. And now, join us for a Malt House Games podcast special bite-sized question. So the question for today's episode as we wrap up is what so far has been your favorite online moment? So. It doesn't have to be necessarily, I guess, I guess it would be online. What's your favorite moment or favorite thing you've done or whatever during this pandemic experience uh, that has been through some sort of online gaming? So mine is probably getting to know Jennifer and Nick. I feel like I know Jennifer in real life. Mm -hmm. Like we've played so much together. We have such similar tastes in books. She actually, she sent me a few books to check out. I put on my wish list. And one was one I called Bagman that I just finished the podcast on. Like, we're on the same wavelength so often. Yeah. I just feel like I've known her for years and that we're friends and that I've hung out with her. And I've literally never met her in real life. So I've really enjoyed getting to know her and her husband over this gaming extravaganza. And their puppers. And their puppers. <laughs> Big little Jasper. Yes. He's a good boy. What about you, Delty Poo? That's a hard one to say. I mean, obviously, just being able to reconnect and play with my friends has been great. Um, I mean, there's been multiple sessions of me and Andrew and Trey playing Scythe and just being bad at the game because we're laughing about something stupid. And then we make mistakes and then we realize, oh, I lost now because I did something stupid because I forgot to do this or whatever. There's been all kinds of stuff, but I, I think one of my favorites was with the group of guys, Elijah and um, a bunch of the Destiny people one time were playing Jackbox TV, and it was one of the new Jackbox games where you have to give a presentation. Somebody types, or somebody picks a prompt for a presentation, 
and then you have a partner and that partner picks the photo that's going to pop up next and you can write on it and all this stuff. And I had to give a speech and my speech was on why sex is good. (laughs) And it was ridiculous and so much fun. And we just laughed because it was so stupid. And that was one of my favorite recent memories of things that I've done. Obviously, there's been a ton, but that, yeah, sex positivity. That, that one stands out as just, a, it was the most stupid but hilarious, dumb speech. That is awesome. Yep, it was good. Yeah, so I feel like, you know, we've made the most out of quarantine when it comes to board gaming. And whether it's playing with each other or mm-hmm. connecting with friends or, you know, making new friends. And so we really hope that you guys can use some of these resources too to have your own fun experiences, have your own fun game days from across the country. It's great. It really is. Now's the time more than ever to reconnect and it's easier than ever to reconnect. So there you go. Well, then you want to do our shout outs? Yeah. Before we get out of here, I'm going to give a nice shout out to all of our amazing Patreon. I keep saying backers. It's they're technically patrons. Patrons. Which makes sense, but our Patreon patrons, the people who support us on Patreon at the level in which they get a shout out on the podcast. Our Patreonicals. Which is Allison, Alan, Jesse, Catherine, Jennifer, and Cliff. Thank you all for supporting us at the level in which you get shouted out on the podcast. Thanks to all of our amazing Patreon patrons. Uh, make sure if you want to be like them and get shouted out on the podcast, shouted out on Twitter, or access to our Discord, which right now is still patron and close friend only Discord, you can go to patreon.com slash Malthouse Games, M-A-L-T-H-A-U-S Games. Make sure to find us and follow us on all social media at Malthouse Games. You can find me personally at Delton Brack, D-E-L-T-O-N-B-R-A-C-K. You can find Haley at S-Q-U-I-R-R-E-L-Y-G-E-K. That is at Squirrely Geek. I feel like you say those double letters faster and faster every time until they no longer make sense. I'm a yeah, dolphin you're now. You're a freaking dolphin. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Don't forget about the website, Del. Yes, I know. Make sure to go to malthousegames.com if you want to see all of our newest content, which is basically going to be the new podcast episode, the last video we did. Uh, I haven't updated the blog at all, but it's just a neat little website. I'm glad we got it all put together. That's my goal for the week. I'm going to try and update the blog. Yeah, go on there and type something out. Yes, I'm speaking it into the universe now. Hold <laughs> okay. me accountable, y'all. I'll try to hold you accountable oh, for God. sure. <laughs> So yeah, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can always send us an email, contact at malthousegames.com. But I think that that's everything we have for today. I think so. We're going to finish our grape drink. Yep. And I'm going to take a nap. I'm going to get to editing because it is 10.05 a.m. And this has to be out in two hours. So if I start editing right now, I can get it done by probably 11.30. So I believe in you. We're going to do it. So thank you again for tuning in and listening to the Malthouse Games podcast. Please be sure to like, share, and subscribe. Give us a thumbs up, a five-star rating, whatever you can do to help us out. And share it with your friends that like board games if they like board game podcasts. And your drunk mom. And your drunk mom. Because you never know, games like number nine sometimes are just a huge hit. They are. So thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, sit back, relax, grab a drink, and play some games. We'll see you folks later. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.